Hi, my name's Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek, and I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for a long time. We are going to rank every single episode of Avatar The Last Airbender based on the ratings that we have so meticulously taken through each and every episode of our podcast. Now we have accumulated them into a single, hyper-official, completely thoroughly scientific ranking of every single episode in the show, and I am extremely excited. Chris, thoughts? Motivational speech? I was. This is the most definitive ranking. This is the definitive ranking of Outerless Airbender episodes. If you're new here, if you never watch our episodes, we have meticulously reviewed every single episode, broke it down, rated it by three categories, audio-visual, which is the audio sound and visual, the animation, things like that, story, of course, that's self-explanatory, and memorable billet, memorable, how memorable Memorability, <laughs> memorableness. Yeah. I think Ness is better. Um, and we, depending on our preferences, we weighted those. So I think my weights were like 40% audiovisual, 40% uh, story, and then the rest was memorable. And then Sean did his. And then we have 30, a. 40, 30, you were 25, 40, 15, or 35, 45, 15, or something like that. Yeah. 35, I think, 50, yes. 15. That one. That's what you are. Yeah. Long story short, then, we don't take this lightly. We talk... No. If you've never listened to an episode, you should go listen to one just to know that we talk for these episodes for like 45 minutes a pop, and then sometimes much longer about unrelated stuff. I'm very serious <laughs> about our ratings here, because they're right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I don't have much else to say other than that. I'm really excited to get started. Uh, I guess I'll say that we're starting from the bottom. Yeah, I got, actually I have a few things that we should preface with. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're starting from the bottom and working our way uh, up. So starting with the worst, going to the best. And that we are using our aggregate ratings. So your rating and my rating, and we average them together. And that is our definitive two out of two podcast hosts agree. And then also that the episodes that are part one, part two, we rated and reviewed those as a singular episode. So there's a handful of part one, part twos, and then uh, one particular episode has actual four episodes in it. Those are all reviewed as one. And then first and second episode, those aren't really a part one and part two, but they aired same day back to back and are frequently treated as one. So a few episodes like that to keep your eye on. That's why in total there's only 53 on this list. We didn't forget any. We just... <laughs> rated them one at a time i think that's all the preface i have to give i think that's all you need buckle up guys because you're about to find out exactly where they're ranked at right and i am excited because i've not seen these sean have seen them so i am dying to know first off what is the absolute worst episode of avatar the last airbender i'm so excited are you ready for this it's pretty easy ah dang it's a great deal. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were joking. I assumed you do. But, well, I, I, I honestly wasn't sure. Okay, There's a couple okay. episodes that I'm pretty sure are going to be like, yes, The Great Divide. I'm kind of sad because I'm one of those people who don't like to be, I don't know, basic. And it's, Hating and on it's it is a basic, a basic answer that The Great yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? Sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. 
and the Great Divide. It's, it's clearly the worst episode there is. We scientifically did it. I mean, if you think, I don't like to be based either. I just like to think for myself. Sometimes it lines up, sometimes it doesn't. But if you think about this episode, you think of just, it's hideously ugly. The story is dumb. And the only reason it's memorable is because we hate it. So, <laughs> the uh, fact I also want to shout out to the director, John Carlo Volpe, who I've talked to several times on Twitter. Great guy. Even he's like, hey, you know what? Sometimes you direct the Great Divide. Sometimes you direct the finale. And he did direct the finale. <laughs> so you know what? You win one. Uh, you win some. You lose some. There's way more good episodes than the Great Divide. Yeah. Obviously, it's number fifty-three. In parentheses, there. That's our aggregate ranking. Um, I yes, don't five point seven out of ten. So you know what? That's still saying that we would rather watch it than you know an episode of Friends. Probably. I love Friends. <laughs> Mm. Oh no! no. <laughs> I used to love Friends. I don't love Friends as an adult, but we can just let's discuss that another time. I'm excited. Let's get yes, to the next episode. Yeah. Fifty-two. The head. The headband. Really? The headband? I. Whoa, man. You didn't love it. You, you were you like, You were below average on it, and I did not like it at all. You were below your norm on it. Yeah, but still, it's interesting that the Great Divide was five point seven. And it jumped to six point eight in the next one. It wasn't the a... biggest jump, and it's not close, not even wow. remotely. You'll notice up. I have bottom five less than seven point zero. Well, we had five point seven and six point eight. So to fill out the rest of the bottom five is six point eight to seven point zero. If that tells you anything about how we feel, you know, <laughs> this so many of this episodes of this show are great. That when it feels like we're being nitpicky, it's because we are. Like, it's a great show. There aren't a lot of terrible episodes. Let's be honest. I so. think I think my issue with the headband was that it it was uh, fairly irrelevant and inconsequential, and it was just uh, it was just kind of cute. It wasn't. It was, the, the episode didn't have that much meat to it. Uh, I weight memorable uh, a little higher than you do in memorable is just our x factor i call it memorable it's x factor whatever sticks with you um and i think what hurts like even right now is i cannot remember much of anything in this episode it was really low impact uh the story must not have been interesting there go so yeah sorry headband but again <laughs> huge jump from 5.7 to 6.8 number 51 more expected number one 51 bato of the water tribe honestly I was kind of hoping this would be on the on the worst, more worse than the Great Divide, because subjectively, I hate this episode more actually, because to me there's all these characters in this episode. It just betrays their character, right? And post the note, he lies to his friends. His friends just kind of abandon him at that point. Um, Oh yeah, now I remember. The saving grace for this episode is the introduction of June, who I love. I love June. So she is the saving grace of this episode, which probably prompted me to rank it higher than than the Great Divide. Uh, June meeting Bato, giving some credit, and maybe a hair more satisfying ending than the Great Divide. I will agree with you, though, that if I could go back, I would make this rank lower than the headband. I think that seems fair. But such is life. Hey, it's definitive. It's set in PowerPoint stone. <laughs> Number 50. 
Oh, number 50, Imprisoned. This is the one with Haru and his dad. And I kind of forget what we didn't like about it, but yeah, I can easily skip it, honestly. I I never need to go back and rewatch this episode. I probably brought it down a long ways because I went into that big amount of research about coal bending, and it <laughs> made me mad when I found that they couldn't, you know, like get a coal bend better or whatever. I don't remember, but I same boat, you know, maybe being a little melodramatic, but the only good thing that comes out of it is it's you get to meet Haru and his dad, who are pretty solid characters for such little exposure. Yeah. I think that's, that's fair. And then the last, the, the number five of our bottom five, the best of the worst. The fortune teller. Yeah, I feel like you must have dragged this down. because I hate the fortune teller. I despise okay. it. Okay. I, prob- I probably demolished it. I kind of wish I had my rating sheet available to us. Hmm. Let me think about how to get it on screen where we can see it, but other people can't. <laughs> I just, um, it's, it's kind of comical, but not, not really. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the fortune teller, right? You got Mang in there. You got some good comedy between Sokka and Aang, because they're... <laughs> <laughs> Angus is getting advice from Saga. The Saga thinks he's talking about Ming, the girl with the unkept hair, I guess. But Aang is talking about Katara, and so he's giving him advice. Oh gosh, I love that scene. Saga's like, you know what? You're too nice, right? Girls, they'll walk over. You need to be more aloof. Make it seem like you don't really care about them at all. And then Mang comes over it right at the same time and says, "Hey, Aang." He's like whatever he walks away <laughs> and Sokka's like man that kid is good and it's just a complete misunderstanding I, I hate this episode because uh, I think one of the number one things you should know about me is that I hate rom-coms I, I despise them and this episode feels like a tiny little poorly executed rom-com or maybe well executed yeah. I don't know how to watch enough of them because I despise them so no offense, the fortune think... teller. The people piss me off in it. The uh, I don't really like the mushier, the mushier sides of of Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's not my style. I do think um, a lot of these bottom five have something in common. Um, they don't have that much Zuko in them. Like so, if you look at it: The Great Divide, no Zuko. Um, the fortune teller, no Zuko. Bottom of the Water Tribe did have Zuko. Um, what was the other one again? But even did it have Zuko, but not that much. Yeah, it wasn't oh, uh, that much the headband. Zuko. Headband did not have Zuko. Um, Zuko, he he might have probably the record for best best episodes, right? If I if I have to take a tally of of best episodes per character, he would rank high, which he must rank high. I was going to say that all these episodes, and it's pro- it's probably, not probably, it's related directly to Zuko's presence as a source of, like, good dramatic tension and good storytelling, and, and none of these episodes, like, have any good real consequences in the larger scheme of the show, and most of them don't even stand that well on their own as independent stories. So, yeah, probably directly related to one another. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we are not going to do independent slides for all, but I do still have them appear one at a time, so still got some drama. I called this slide the worst of the rest, and it ranged from 7.2 to 7.6, and it's kind of a hodgepodge. 
So number 48 is the waterbending scroll. Ooh, yeah. Waterbending scroll. There's also one other one that I could... I mean, sure, we're introduced to some pirates, but Katara... To me, this isn't a great Katara episode. Also, the, the message of the episode ends with Katara being like, oh, yeah, it's not good to steal unless it's from pirates. And I don't know, it's just... It's you so talked about character betrayal earlier, and that, that definitely hits here across yeah. the episode, too. All right, um, like Katara in the Runaway episode, you're, like, getting on top about stealing. <laughs> and yes. Granted, I get, I kind of get it more there because they're drawing attention to themselves. And I thought here they're drawing attention to themselves, right? They're, they come in contact with pirates. With who, pirates. Like, yeah, pirates aren't, like, a secretive... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's um, uh, it, I would never say it's a bad episode. Like I would, I personally no. would never In fact, skip I think, it. But honestly, at this point, I don't think there is a bad episode. I do think the Great Divide is a bad episode. Um, Bottle of the Water Tribe is a bad episode. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily describe the headband as a bad episode. But you don't like it. Um, I I can I li- totally agree with like your 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 low bar on those two. That like if you have to point at this TV series and find two episodes, you like just literally just don't watch them i can totally get on board with those two being that so a little sad that the ratings didn't pan out that way but i know more now than i did when we started so such is life uh no waterbending scroll if if anything watch it just to uh see some of the fluid waterbending motions and that's kind of cool that's about it Oh, I think it's a good fight between uh, all the pirates and stuff. And Uncle Iros does a pretty great line of like, because oh, yeah. uh, the shopping, um, oh yeah, the whole shopping thing too. But um, but there's a scene where Zuko and the pirate leader guy are, are fighting, and and Iro separates them. He says, "Are you too blind to see your own ship is sailing?" And then Zuko's like, "Uncle, we don't have time for your proverbs." Yeah, and he's like, "It's not a proverb. Your ship is sailing." <laughs> He was like, maybe it should be a proverb. <laughs> like, so. So, some, so, so Ira. The mere fact that we can point to a couple of good moments in this the episode. Like, I have no problem also dividing this episode from any of those previous five. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's not great. That's why it's here. And speaking of the runaway. Oh, yeah. yeah another. <laughs> there's a little poetic justice there. I Man, also. Maybe you weighed this down. Gosh, I feel like you probably did. thing is, this episode. I did. I don't runaway. like this one. I don't like episodes where characters act like snouts first of all where my beloved characters act like little shits i hate all those episodes <laughs> so yeah i definitely ruined this one for you and, and, and i'm sorry okay one thing this episode has some of the greatest blind comedy in the show when Sokka and 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 ang are trying to picture, write a letter yeah. from katara wait from Toph to katara <laughs> katara's like I know this is from you, Saga. Toph can't write. <laughs> can't argue with that. You can get good blind comedy in a lot of other episodes. This is like okay. Also, I mean, this has one of the the most sincerest moments from Saga when he takes Toph aside and talks about how um, Katara can be motherly and she can be overbearing, but for Saga, he depends on that because Katara has always been there for him. And he goes on to say, like, you know, his, their mother died young. He goes on to say, like, anytime I try to imagine how my mom looks like, Katara is, is the face that I see. And that's, to me, just so informative of the character that, that Sokka is. Um, 
Gosh. Gosh, Sean, I'm pretty sure you weighed this down. I don't think I would have weighed this down. Just, I'm not but... pretty sure. I'm positive. I... <laughs> <laughs> I stand by. I stand by what I said. I uh, I don't like episodes where my characters are, are are little shits. I'll give you the blind comedy piece and the touching piece. But again, I don't. Some of the touchy mushy stuff it doesn't always hit. It doesn't always hit me right at home like it's supposed to. Uh, this one to me, gonna... this one to me was more surprising to see it this low. Um, probably just so the Warriors of Kyoshi is we're on forty six. If you guys are listening. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, the Warriors of Kyoshi is probably just oh it's it's the next episode after the three, pilot, yeah. which so it feels probably just more fluff. It's, it's a little than, bland. Than it's uh not, but it's so much. I, I don't know. Like you meet impactful characters, you get a lot of good character development, you get a good fight scene. Like it has a lot of foundations that I would look for. In a good episode, so it must have just felt a little, a little bland at the time. Yeah, but no, I have no real qualms with Warriors of Kyoshi. Number forty-five, The Swamp. <laughs> Unless um, you're a fan of comedy that makes fun of uh, like uh, gator <laughs> people. Yeah. Hey, Chew, what you doing? <laughs> um. Yeah, the swamp is one of those episodes where I I feel like it's it's good, but also I don't need to watch it. Really, like, oh, I remember what my issue with the swamp is. <clears throat> my issue with the swamp is that pretty much it's only important for the end of it. Like the only important thing in there is that Aang sees an image of Toph. That's really it. I mean, I guess the swamp guy, what's his name, comes back later with the with the yeah. white lotus. Yeah, all of them come back. Yeah. Uh, I, for me, it's one of the. It's an episode. You know me. I like things that are funny, and this one, it, it, it is funny, but it, like not the charming, sort of inadvertent funny that most of the good episodes are. It, it tries a little too hard. It misses the mark a little. Not bad. Just whatever. Number yeah. forty-four number... is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We'll go back and forth. I'm no, no, trying no. to do that. No, no, number forty-four. The the deserter. Um, I feel like you probably this one down again also. Um, oh, this one doesn't... I'm telling you, we have a running theme here where a lot of these episodes that's ranked low don't have Zuko in it. Because I don't very remember true, Zuko really being in the Deserter the that of, of Kyoshi. And, I mean, I guess the Waterbending Scroll has him for a bit, right? So... Huh. Yeah. But, no, um, I... So, more than not, I mean... What, like, so far, eight of the top... Eight of the bottom ten... Don't have Zuko in it. Missing Zuko, seriously, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I weighed weighed it down in a in a specific way like the previous examples. I would say this is another one where just technicality of being rated slightly lower than a lot of other episodes, and I don't know. It's not the most well rounded, interesting episode. Uh, I mean, the thing I loved about the episode was definitely John Jong. He was uh, the standout here, just the way he talked about. Um, destiny and he, he i love the the cliche of the angry teacher <laughs> i feel like most of the time it happens in like more or so martial arts movies um <laughs> like the him just belittling ang of like ang being like so you just want me to breathe like i've been breathing all day i've been doing my breathing exercises like you want to quit breathing and it's just <laughs> and it's like what does a child know of destiny what does a river 
know of of its destiny when it can't see the ocean like his just his metaphors were were great i loved them i i don't have any specific qualms with it and i don't i don't remember off the top of my head my ratings being specifically horrible i just the biggest qualm is probably that zhao is the main antagonist instead of zuko you get zhao and that's a terrible trade-off yeah. Number 43 is Return to Omashu. I think it's one of the ones that the kind of the same issue as the swamp. <laughs> it's repetitive, really, is that we're just here to get to the next point. Like, we're just there to just so um, Boomy can say, hey, you need to find this certain person who can teach you to listen to the earth. Besides that, like the swamp already did that, um, or did the swamp come back? I can't remember. Um, let me think. This came before the swamp. Return to Omashu okay. then swamp. Yeah. Um, okay. But either way, it's just that was the main purpose of that. Although we did get introduced to like Azula fighting in this one, so that was pretty good. Okay. A lot of good fights there. Um, and May is May in this one as well, right? With her yes. family. Yep. Um, I would say that I, on your point, they're not tangential. Like, they're not totally unrelated. They're not stuff you can pluck and sit anywhere, but it's just, it's a very basic waypoint. Uh, for me, at, you know, there's probably an okay fight scene, but nothing particularly stands out <clears throat> other than that I like Boomy. So, yeah, I had no qualms. No qualms there for me. <laughs> Uh, number 42, <laughs> The Beach. Uh, Jamie reviewed this episode with us. Did you? Did she add in rankings on here? Or she, you just took I hope two? I did the right thing. She added her ratings, but I did not include them because I that's didn't fine. want that's, that to no, bias no, this no, episode. No, that's fine. That's, I would have done the same thing. Jamie, um, I excluded a, you, a, and I'm a bad person. As, as a, and that's, a, as, that's, as an, that's coming from us as analysts. Right, that's our background. Like you want to compare apples to apples, not apples to oranges, yeah. as people say. It's Jamie's um, an orange. We're apples. <laughs> yeah, we're apples. Before um, before we get too far into this episode, it is important to remember that these like we're talking about a really narrow margin between uh, seven point. You know, this is probably seven point six based on what I have there, and in the best possible episodes of the series. Like we're talking about a really narrow margin between number forty two and number three. So just just keep that in mind before we rail too hard on it or too soft. Um, okay, I'm saying I love the beach. I don't. I didn't know that I loved it as much as I did before this rewatch. And I've rewatched Avatar like 15, 16 times, whatever. I've lost count. Um, but for some reason, this rewatch of it, I really started to empathize way more with May. Started empathizing more so with that specifically that beach scene on on the beach, um, and just seeing how much they, um, you know, they all talk about the whole personal issues. And I found out that I, I relate way more to May, like being uh, closed off, things like that, because of you know, parents kind of coming down hard on you. Um, so yeah, out of the beach, I know Sean, you hate it, whatever, you're wrong. I came more in touch with Tylee. Uh, I did like it more after, after my, so keep in mind that we watch it, we give our ratings, and then we have a discussion. If there's a flaw in our scientific system, it's that it doesn't allow for uh, negotiation, so to speak. So uh, 
I wouldn't change it too much though, because again, characters acting like little shits. Uh, but I did appreciate it much more after having that conversation with you and and Jamie. Much more insightful look at it. Okay, next slide. I called these maybe skippable, and that is way too harsh because I would uh, not. I would yeah, not. Way too harsh. I feel like I feel like the ones above anything. are maybe yeah. skippable. Um, oh, this is narrow. Seven point seven seven point eight. I, you know, we'll get there. We'll get to there. Anyway, <laughs> number 41 is Jet. Y'all know how I feel about Jet. If I had to pick between him and the beach episode, I'm not sure which I would pick. So I'm glad they're both down here real tight together. Uh, talking about characters not being true to character. Uh, this is uh, not a good look for Katara, in in my opinion. Um... I don't, I don't have any issue with having this episode down here, I guess, is all I'm getting. I, I like Jet. One thing, the animation in the Jet versus Aang fight is absolutely beautiful. Love that. Very well choreographed. And Jet, to me, presents a, an interesting antagonist. It, 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 it was the first time that this world was painted in grays and not in black and whites. So I love Jet just for that, the episode Jet. Also, just but it like wasn't Jet. gray enough. Like it wanted to paint it gray instead of black and white. But Jet was clearly being a douchebag. Like you know, it's terrible. He was gonna kill those people. That is true. Yeah. So like it wanted to do that, but it it didn't. You know, I don't know. Like what we talked about last week on in our in our promise comic book episode is like way more uh, sort of negotiable gray area. I guess I don't know. No, I'm being hard so. just because I don't like him. But it turns out that we found that the internet agrees with me, so it's fine, right? We did some kind of poll of uh, yeah, some poll on who likes Jet. People yeah, hate. Jet. I think it was sissy for sin of people hate Jet. And I thought yeah. it was going to be way. I thought people were going to love Jet. They were gonna like this underappreciated gem of the series. I'm considering like, buying a Jet action figure off of eBay right now for like eighteen dollars, but. And that would actually be kind of flattering because every time you looked at that, you'd think of this conversation that we're having right now. So I would, I'd be flattered a little bit. All right, number forty, the chase, which is a it's a good episode. Um, it's the one where where uh, Azula is tracking them all down. Oh yeah, the reason why we probably don't like this one is that they're all fighting with each other. But it's almost, it's probably reasonable because they're sleep deprived, and that's kind of Azula's. Well, that's not Azula's plan. But, well, Zilla's plan is to make them sleep-deprived. I don't think she took into fighting. Oh, they're going to be in fighting. Um, but, yeah. It, you weren't super high. If I Again, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think that you're particularly super high, but I definitely drug it drug it uh, with the lower <laughs> ratings of two because yeah. you know, characters acting like shits. And uh, sort of the... It's pretty early into like our introduction into Azula, so if there's like a saving grace, it's that you're getting some real good, like determined... Uh, links like going to any links Azula here get to see the Fire Nation tech so there's there's still plenty of good to be had here for sure number 30 oh I my bad wait no, I think you posted anyway yeah you're I'll, right yeah you go the Ember Island players <laughs> uh, this is probably the first one where I liked it way more than you liked it and it's just sort of a relativity thing to those like wrap up episodes I thought it did a really nice job um, I could do with that the whole like Aang, Aang Force and the Katara Kiss kind of scene, but as far as a wrap-up episode goes, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really good for what it is, but it's still to your rankings point, a wrap-up episode. 
yeah yeah uh recap episodes recap um, thank you I, I, uh i could i could skip i can honestly skip the Ember island players more than more than any of them besides bottle of the water tribe and the great divide yeah so not that it's your third least favorite in particular but in terms of like whether or not you would actually watch it if you were just burning through the series yeah, I could. Yeah, I could easily skip it. That's fair. Um, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, anyway. if you've seen the whole series, you don't really need to see it. I'd say <laughs> it has a good comedy and an interesting take. That's that's probably the best possible mm-hmm. takeaways. So, yeah. number thirty-eight, the Serpent's Pass. I think to me, I think we're, we're starting to get into to good episodes because I think I like. Remember doing doing a uh, fairly good rating on the Serpent's Pass. Um, well, it must have got between 7.7 7.8. But between my own, I kind of like the Aang was, was, um, was standoffish, right? He lost so much control in the previous episode. Um, and there's a lot of good conversations about hope and everything. But Zuko's also, well, Zuko might be in this, but he's, he's not in it a lot. I would agree we're getting into just generally better episodes across the board. Um, this episode has a lot of like weirdly neat tie-ins to past and future episodes like a lot of a lot of little things and pieces characters you haven't seen or will see more of in the future and it, i don't know a lot of things that it pulls together in a really cool yeah. way yeah suki comes back yeah. um call call back to the to Sokka losing ua maybe the main maybe the main conflict isn't the most interesting but it does a lot of interesting stuff around it something yeah. like that number 37 number- is uh yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's I keep messing up. Too. You, okay, well, I am on the. You take evens. Wait, I'll no, take odds. Your... Yeah, you take evens. I'll take odds. Okay. Okay. Uh, go. So the number thirty-seven <laughs> is the Northern Air Temple. We should have talked about this. Uh, I'm odd. Yeah. I'll take odds because I'm on. You're even keel. You get evens. The Northern Air cool. Temple. But I have to ask you because I don't remember which Air Temple is. <laughs> well, it's the Northern Air Temple. Um... <laughs> I don't remember which one is which episode. <laughs> um, oh, this is the one where they meet um, the tinker, the mechanist. Okay, got it. Um, so, yeah, you know what? That's probably one that I liked quite a bit more than you. I liked the the mechanist story. Um, I remember even ranking it like it was in my top five episodes of that season, even if I'm not mistaken. Um, I really liked him. I really liked the story of his kid. That, to me, that's, like, a real gray area episode. Like, he's helping the Fire Nation to protect his family. Like, that, to me, is really powerful and tangible. But it's also goofy and a lot of debatable decisions on the mechanist part, obviously. So, Yeah, I thought the episode was fine. <clears throat> yeah. It was fine. Uh, number 36 is... So now we're going to these group from the, their rankings from 7.9 to 8.0. Wow, yes. Slightest margins. Um, Sean put title leads just below average. And then being very specific, just below average rating of the episode, and then just below average in terms of their actual rank and what the average rank would be 26, 27. So both ways. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Number 36 Nightmares and Daydreams. Pretty much this episode can just be just reduced to just acid drips for Aang. (laughs) Like that's. 
Um, it's a couple of interesting there's in and things in there for Zuko that he goes and visits his he goes and joins a war meeting. But other than that, it's just yeah, it's it's very skippable. It is funny ish, but not even in the usual funny way. Uh but I would say it's funny but not really important. Number thirty five is the library. Uh, that's where they're out in the desert, and they find this uh, find the library. They're looking for the Day of Black Sun information. Is essentially what they find. Um, it, again, it's, it's. I'm pretty it's, sure I ranked. I'm pretty sure I rated this higher than you. Oh, man, Why that's funny. I, I was thinking God. the other way around, so maybe we were both just kind of. Oh, ever, uh, maybe we're. I was thinking the opposite because I really like the big scary bird. Because secretly, yeah. deep down, I'm scared of birds. But, uh, I would say that it, it's another Might one you can right. chalk up to like um, I don't know. It's important. It's it's really important. Uh, but maybe the main conflict itself is kind of frustrating, and then you lose Appa, and then uh, you get upset at Aang. So like important, but it's got some things going against it too. Yeah. Oh, it does have my, one of my favorite jokes in it because I just started working at McDonald's when it's episode kind of started and i understood i grasped the concept of vacation time because <laughs> they're, they're talking about who gets to choose what vacation and so i was like when do i get to choose and so i was like you gotta acquire a little more vacation time before you get to choose where we go <laughs> i'm like i get that that's an adult joke that is adorable um yeah i get i mean i get upset at ang's treatment of, of toff for saving their lives but i think that's the next episode Oh, is it? Yeah. So, what would yeah. that? What well, was that one even titled? The desert. Uh, yeah, that was when we agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like this episode. You like the library a lot more than me, but I like the desert, the desert. a lot more than you. Because the yeah, the guitar scene. Well, I assume. Hey, look at that. I, I knew that. it. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Poetic justice. So, number thirty-four is the desert, which abruptly comes right after the library. I love this episode. It's, it's such a great guitar episode because guitar really holds a whole group together. Um, I, I, and I understand what Aang is going through. Aang lost Appa. He's upset. To me, I completely understand his frustrations with everyone. Um, yeah, just, and, oh, and the end of this episode, Aang goes into Avatar State against the Sandbenders. To me, that's one of the best moments from the series. It's one of the most memorable moments for me. Like when he just says, you muzzled Appa? And it's just, Tell me where Aqua is. It's so good. I, I, I mean, it's not like I've rated it super low because obviously it's ended up near the middle. But I'd say the qualms is that a little bit of comedy happens. Uh, Aang kills a murder hornet, and then there's a good moment at the end. <laughs> and that's it's it's all at the end. It's you know there is some good jokes and things in there. I think we get some good blind humor. Uh, but it all everything the important that happens. Is, is right at the end. So, yeah, I wasn't as fond of this one as you, but that's fine. Like I said, clearly, it's not too bad because it, it wound up here smack dab in the middle. So, <clears throat> number 33 is The Drill. Uh, maybe an interesting, gosh, I don't know much to say. It's an interesting Sokka episode. Um, you're starting to see some Sokka development. Uh, interesting point in, in the series, starting to get to toward a big sort of overarching series build towards a serious climax. The episode itself, I don't have a lot of strong feelings for or against. It's it's fine, I, I guess. I think I just I just love the to me this episode has a lot of uh, a lot of stakes in it because Azula is attacking 
the other kingdom with the drill, about to infiltrate it. And it, to me, it took all of Team Avatar to take out the drill, and those ended really, really great. Um, Katara, I'm sorry, ended with a really great Aang and Azula fight. The fight was very solid. Uh, like I said, I, I think it just it has a bigger series impact that's extremely important. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you off offhand what happens other than uh, other than them all working together to take down the drill. I'd have to think pretty hard. But again, not bad. Just it's in the middle here. We're we're talking point point one differences. Number thirty two, bitter work. <laughs> uh, this is probably one of the only. Oh no! Oh gosh! I was about to say Zuko's not in this episode, but he is, and he's amazing in it. It's when he tries to learn lightning bending from Iroh. Oh, and yeah. I think one of my favorite things about it is that Iroh talks to Zuko about the Four Nations and how Zuko can be better if he learns from all of them. How if you take your wisdom only from one source, it becomes rigid and stale. All that was amazing. On top of that, Aang is learning earthbending from top and then there's the whole c plot where Sokka gets stuck in in the thing so really it's a really good episode i think yeah it seems surprising it's a little low i probably could have drug it down just because uh like toff and toff and ang a little unbearable here but there's really good comedy in it from Sokka, and then the emotional scenes from zuko and iroh um very potent very interesting so i'm a little surprised it's this low so here we've got the true average in both senses. The actual average rating was 8.1, and then we're also getting to that average median of episode ranking. So purely average. Also, I want people to know that these scores are are relative to Avatar, not relative to all shows. That's probably fair. Because 8.1 was like, man, you guys, on average, rank Avatar 8.1. Like, no, it's just Avatar standards. <laughs> Which is a very high standard, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, the waterbending master. I don't. I'm. This is one where I was a little surprised. It was not higher, not sort of above average, just for that fight. Just for that yeah. fight. Yeah. It is incredible. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. And it even has good buildup too, like just all the the backstory, the tradition breaking, the Katara character building. I was uh pretty surprised to see this one here. Such is life. Yeah, I agree with you. That fight is really great. Uh, number 30 is Appa's Lost Days. This is probably one of the most heartbreaking episodes. It simply put, it's one of the most heartbreaking. It, it sends you on a roller coaster of emotions because sometimes you're like, oh, Appa will get saved. No, Appa, worst thing is happening to him. Oh, Appa might get saved. Worst thing again. Uh, man. Another episode directed by John Carlo Volpe. Sorry I can't name other directors, but John Carlo Volpe just seems to be one that I always uh, follow a lot. Well, it's because he's a friend of the show. He's the one and only director friend of the show, a.k.a. Uh, Twitter responder occasionally. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, this one, I, I probably did drag this one down, but I do have more tolerance for it than some of the other sort of hyper-emotional episodes. Uh, just because it covers a lot of ground, uh, you run into a lot of interesting characters, see bits and pieces of a lot of interesting stories. Uh, Twenty nine, the Southern Air Temple. Throw me a bone here. Which one's that? <laughs> um, the Southern Air Temple is when it's the it's episode three. It's when oh, Aang okay, goes okay. to the yeah, Aang goes Southern Air Temple where he's from. 
Okay, and yes. we get uh, tons. Oh, and tons you know what's of important... really great about this one? That this is the one where Zhao's introduced. Not that that part that's great, but Zhao and Zuko having Agni Kai, and to me that was a really great Agni Kai. I think that's when I started to fall in love with the show because it seemed, I don't know, it was just so deliberate. Epic. So uh, the yeah, detail. You know, it was. It was and also, it's like the first time that Aang goes, you know, angry with with rage. He goes after I say in an angry state, um, which I always love. You know, kind of like Gohan, right, from Dragon Ball Z. That anger fuels his power. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I got a lot of got maybe some Dragon Ball Z vibes from this episode, and also just the Agni Kai was really good. So I mean, someday you got to play Dragon Warrior game. Uh, yeah, this episode <laughs> you get tons of great, uh, tons of great backstory. Uh, great fight lots of character like it's it's like exposition but it's actually packed into two very meaningful mm-hmm. stories um and powerful tropes so yeah great episode number 28 the boy in the iceberg and the avatar returns this is i'm surprised it's uh not as high ground it's the first episode but to me this is one of the best pilots of anything i've seen it might be the best pilot like, they do such a good job um, and this is one that we lumped in together because they do really feel like one episode, The Boy no. and Iceberg and Avatar Returns. No self-respecting fan of Avatar would ever watch the first episode, whether you were binging it or it was on TV or whatever. Nobody would ever stop after the first one ever in history. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's so good. They introduce the characters, all of them so well, mostly your main four, um, Katara, Aang, Saka and Zuko, and they informed them so much with the littlest bit of um of a uh, dang it why why can't I think of the stupid word exposition um, exposition <laughs> um and it's done so well this is like a master class in how to do exposition it's not clunky but you get so much information just from natural conversations. Uh, in theory, this pilot, you know, here we have it ranked as average. I think if you went and took the average show and you compared its pilot versus the rest of his episodes, that pilot's going to look pretty bad. So props to a good pilot here. Number 27 yeah. is The Awakening. Um, so that is, what is that, episode one of season three or chapter one of book three, essentially. Um, Man, I'm surprised. Honestly, right? I mean, I'm not surprised. There's a really great moment, really great guitar moment with her dad that I'm pretty sure I just pushed over the top with it because she's talking to her dad. And she's like, just crying to him because Aang disappears. She's like, doesn't he know that we can help him? Like, he's out saving the world. We can help him. And and at one point, her dad's like, you're, you're not talking about Aang, are you? And then she breaks in from him. She's like, Dad, you were gone. I know we had Grand Grand, but. And then he, of course, says, like, which I've mentioned before in the. In the father's ranking video, one of my favorite moments from Lakota is when he talks to Katara and how when he was gone, he would stay up at night and miss him so much that it would ache. Like, ah, so good. I'm sure you had a ranked higher than I did. I don't know if I have any any serious qualms with it. Um, no, that was not the most action-packed episode or anything, but yeah, it's good, especially, yep. again, for you've come off a long break and you're not, I mean, you assume that Aang's not dead, but you're not totally sure. And it's pretty satisfying. So, yeah. yeah. Um, episode twenty six or ranked number twenty six, the Earth King. Gosh, it's kind of hard to. Um, oh, the Earth King's episode. 
where they meet the Earth King. I'm kind of forgetting why it was so good because a lot of a lot of those episodes kind of those end episodes of season two kind of just go into each other. They do. Um, I, my guess is that it feels very high stakes uh, by the end of the episode. You you see a lot of the gears turning, all the bad stuff that's going to happen. It, yeah, it feels very big picture and very scary. Yeah, Long Fate. They finally got Long Fate rid of. Um, Zuko becomes seriously ill. That might be some of the Zuko stuff that I really like. Yeah, oh, you um, know, I I totally eating. forgot that was in here. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's probably a big role. And then Long Fate is gone, but you still like. The whole episode does a pretty nice job of kind of, I don't want to say building up dread, but building a lot of tension throughout the episode doesn't necessarily go how you'd expect. So, yeah, it's good. 25, painted lady. 25, oh, sorry, keep going. Uh, as far as, I wouldn't call it one-off episodes, but it's kind of tangential. Um, it's, yeah. it's great. I love it. I love Katara's design in it. I love the story. I love the what it does for her character. It's a great episode, and I, I imagine great guitar episode. Favorite line of guitar comes from this episode, which is so guitarish. She says, "I would never ever turn my back on people who need me." Such a great guitar line. So it probably won the episode for me. Tremendous episode. Number number twenty four, the storm. Great flashback episode. I'm pretty sure I ranked this higher than you. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember you not liking this as, as much as I did. And we learn about it's just Zuko all flashbacks. I, I mean, and more clearly. Clearly, and... I didn't demolish it because it made twenty four. Like, if I would have crushed it, it would have gone. But it's just it's all flashbacks. It's I don't know. Tell me a story in the moment. It's a great episode. Yeah, Such a great dichotomy between those two characters. Yeah, whatever. Just move I on think, to something. I think that the <laughs> rankings will prove that it is an average episode or slightly above average. <laughs> Twenty-three. Speaking of episodes that one person liked more than the other, this—if you would have told me that this was like in my top ten episodes in all three seasons, I might have believed you. Like, it's funny, it's interesting, it, it appeals very strongly to one of my favorite characters. Uh, but Sokka's master is a tremendous episode from top to bottom with, with great lessons and values and a great little story in there. And I love it. Sokka's master <laughs> better than the storm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's supposed to, these are the definitive rankings. You can't go back on these. That's um, right. This is it. You can't even change your opinions after this. Once you've heard these, uh, it's, it's official. Uh, the thing I love about Sokka's master before I get to 22 is Iroh working out. That, that was great. That was a good shot. Um, number 22 is the Western Air Temple. Oh, man. This, to me, this is one of the weirdly funny or funny episodes, but it's weird. Zuko awkward humor. Zuko just, just a hey. Is this Zuko season here. three Western Air Temple? Yes. Okay, got it. Combustion Man, Western Air Temple. Yeah, Combustion Man's doom as well. Uh, I mean, you really start to feel for Zuko here. Uh, like, you maybe feel full confidence at this point like he's clearly gone out of his way he's arrived but definitely a turning point for my feelings with zuko at least number 21 the king of omashu which <laughs> is probably a little high in in hindsight and i'm sure that was my fault no it you know what no it it i'm saying no in a good way 
just the line let us leave i think <laughs> is <laughs> is worth it makes it all worthwhile uh let Boobie, us leave? Boomy is a is a is a great character and it's a really nice story um you know you like the challenges good things tend to come in threes and you get the three challenges so uh interesting and exciting I suppose what makes it good is that Boomy does recur throughout the series in very impactful ways. Yeah. So, King of Omashu, 21. So I'm also looking at IMDb ratings at the same time. King of um, which I'll kind of glance through there when we're done, just to compare a little bit. That'd be um, interesting. Because I think these are like average ratings of, I don't know, of all the people who rated them. But King of Omashu is like ranked 57. Really? Yeah. That's pretty harsh. People don't have my sense. All right, of humor. we're in the top twenties now. We're in the top twenties now. Number twenty, the cave of two lovers. Um, I mean, what what more needs to be said in Secret Tunnel? Honestly, <laughs> did you uh, watch that Family Feud clip? Uh, you know, Family Feud. They say, uh, yeah, I was the one that the I was the one that made the clip. Did you make the Secret Tunnel clip? Yeah. Uh, um yeah pretty much fan of you steve harvey says um name something wait complete this statement secret blank the secret blank yeah that's all it is it's just secret blank it is this tunnel yeah and then yeah it's it's during the final thing and then and steve harvey's like there's a lot of not a lot of those and then it was zero points (laughs) absolute zero and i felt so bad um good uh good katang episode too very important katang episode so katara trying to kiss ang again get your hands off of him katara Katara it's really really her instigating all this and then uh, i called this tier the best of the average if you will because we're still talking super duper close to average uh rankings we haven't we've even included the average here but that's 8.2 to 8.3 was that last group oh there's one more on here how about that and it fits pretty well. Number 19 is the Puppet Master. Again, maybe a little tangential, but very important to Katara's development. Uh, really nice, good, self-contained story. Still plays a big role in the bigger picture and in the larger Avatar universe. Good episode. Yeah, to me, this was a really great episode because it's one of those, um, those, those great areas, which isn't that great because she was kidnapping people but you understood Hama, right? The greatest villains, you don't necessarily agree with them, but you understand them. And I love that line, which is so freaking uh, Michael Matt's just like, we must defeat them by any means necessary. And it's just like, man, like you see what what all of that um, torment can do to a person, um, how it leads them to that to that way that Hama was. So, There's real really empathy good. there. My favorite part of the whole episode is so up to this point, you get some like creepy vibes and Toph says she can, you know, feel the people under her feet or whatever. You meet this lady that's got creepy old dolls, but you still kind of are just passing it off as like, oh, there's going to be some kind of goofy quirk. Like it's going to be her, but it's going to be good. She's having children's theater in the basement or something awkward like that. But then when my favorite part is when she sweeps the water and like kills that whole field of flowers and then I, I just remember being like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a good thing. So, a tremendous episode. Love it. All right, getting really good, apparently. So, all of these are 8.4. Uh, 
Uh, at number 18 is the Fire Bendy Masters. I'm pretty sure Sean loves it more than I did, but I, I liked it a lot too. Big Indiana Jones vibes from this one. Mm. And uh, and Dragons. I should have had this. should have been an odd number. And Dragons. <laughs> um, come on. You really like this is uh This is Aang and, and Zuko, like with sort of a, an allegory for their shared common purpose going forward. It's powerful, Chris. Hop on board. Number 17, The Southern Raiders. Should have given you this one. No, this is a great episode. Um, I probably don't like it quite as much as you just because, again, it's sort of a pretty heavy and I just tend to not like the heavy stuff. But great episode where uh, Katara seeking out vengeance for her mom. Very emotional, very satisfying, uh, extremely satisfying ending. Here's a, there's a great, we're talking about gray area episodes. Like this one hits it really hard in a really relatable, tangible way at the end where it's like, there's still, still, she's not sure if she made the right decision or not. Yeah, uh, we'd like really to love the ending there, there, where Katara says, "Like, I didn't kill him. I don't know. I, I don't forgive him. I'll never forgive him." And like, I don't know if I didn't kill him because I'm strong enough that, that I didn't, or I'm weak enough that I couldn't. Um, ah, yeah, really good Katara stuff there. So really good. Number sixteen is Winter Solstice. So that's part one and two. I think we just learned a lot in this episode. I think that was for me, that was the biggest takeaway from it. Um, and Rogu coming out, taking over Aang's body, just added a whole new kind of dimension to the Avatar estate. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we both maybe as far as two part episodes, it maybe didn't get as high, quite as high as the other ones. Um, because not quite as much happens for a big two part episode, but a very cool ending. Um, yeah, just, really powerful avatar state experience number 15 the city of walls and secrets i think i've already used the phrase a couple of times but certain episodes that like start to really build the climax of the whole series and the whole universe and this episode starts to give you some of those just big heavy weight vibes that stuff's not quite going how it's supposed to go or how you want it to go for the crew uh very big uphill battle like it's just doing a really nice job of escalating the stakes and the climax of the larger series um uh, yeah what this was a specifically this is another one yeah that i mean you, you learn you learn about just uh just how the earth kingdoms just have been um taken over um also in this episode jet is has a has a fight with with um with Zuko, which I think is a, it's a really good fight. Like Zuko doesn't fire Ben, which is a sword on sword fight. So that probably pushed it over the top for me. Can you remind me what else happens in this one? Is this the one where we see or right after like the end of the previous episode we see Jet get brainwashed? And then this it was episode at the, it was at the end of this episode. That's where we see him get brainwashed, right? Because he's yeah. not brainwashed when he's fighting Zuko. Yep. This is in that group that I'm going to say kind of runs together for me a little bit, but I have no doubt that our ratings were accurate and that whole yep. ending of season two is extremely potent. Number 14. So we're getting to all these are 8.5. Number 14, Avatar Day. <laughs> I think this is a pretty funny episode, but without a doubt, Kyoshi makes this episode for me funny good soccer episode kiyoshi comes uh, i think the last four are on this slide before we get to the top 10 then we'll start going one by one 
Avatar Day, tremendous episode. Speaking of tremendous episodes, Blue Spirit, number 13. Uh, so much good Zuko, uh, so much good action. That little bit of awkwardness at the end where there's like mm-hmm. the hopeful bonding moment and then the heartbreak. Uh, I have, I don't know, I can't think of anything else. can't think of anything bad to say about it, that's for sure, other than Zhao keeping <laughs> proof of a corrupt political system that Zhao keeps getting promoted. Yeah, for me, Blue Spirit's great. Just everything on that was uh, was really good. Number 12, the Avatar State. Um, this was one that, it, it was the uh, first episode of Book 2, it really introduces a whole new, you know, another dimension to the Avatar State. Like, it explains it even even more um, and there's a lot of great stuff going on with Zuko and this Zula. We get introduced to Zula. Now I know for sure that I love this episode more than you. Because I remember talking about how I love her introduction and, and that whole dialogue about who commands the ship. So do the corny. tides command the ship or so do corny. I command the ship? It's so good. It's God, corny. So wrong. So good, Sean. Um, so yeah. So after state number twelve. Clearly, I didn't hate it too much because it's here. Uh, I remember being maybe divided not between you and me, but just sort of personally on that, that earth kingdom guy trying to use Aang, um, and, and work the avatar state out of him. Um, but in hindsight, just a really clever, really clever use of character, a good guy, quote unquote, practically torturing him. Number 11, the tales of bossing say, mm, yeah, this is the best filler episode i think there there might be in the series pretty much just iroh uh, and does it and there's so many other good moments but pretty much the only bad one we've, we've discussed is ang but the rest are really good specifically iroh uh, just uh, and it's inks is only inks could maybe even be okay it's only bad just because he's being stupid <laughs> I don't think he's being stupid. He's just doing silly he is, stuff. But. No, he is definitely being stupid. His heart, uh, his heart's in the right place. Maybe I'll give him that. But no, Tales Bossing say again for what it is. In particular, this type of episode where you get these little vignettes. Uh, I think rarely would you find one as satisfying as the Tales of Bossing say. Yeah, Chris, we're going to the top ten. Uh, yes. Independent slides. Num- Each one's got an independent rating. You ready for this goodness? Number 10 is The Boiling Rock. I got an 8.6 out of 10. Boiling Rock, the biggest thing for me is it delivered the most jaw-dropping moment from the series, and that is um, May. First off, May going up against Azula and just love that moment of, of Azula being like, why would you do it? You know the consequences. She says... You miscalculated. I love Zuko more than I fear you. And Azula's like, no, you've miscalculated. You should have feared me more. And Azula's about to kill her. Meg gets her knife out. And then Tylee out of nowhere with the chi blocking. And from here, this is Azula just going downhill. Her psyche is just crushed after this. Tremendous episode. Would have done a little bit higher. I dinged it a hair for the first episode being semi-pointless. That sounded even more harsh than it needed to. But it's a tremendous tremendous episode for the it both the way it builds into the larger series and for the individual standalone story that it tells does a great job it's a two-part episode 
Number nine, The Blind Bandit. A personal Sean favorite. Love it. Uh, good comedy. We finally meet Toph. You've, and you know it right as soon as you see her because we've already seen her in these weird uh, in these weird tripping balls hallucinations in the swamp. But you finally meet Toph. You know it's the one. And then you kind of think that it's going to, I don't want to say easy, but like they're just going to recruit her and go on her merry way. But then you develop this really powerful subplot with her family and the, and the sort of turmoil that she has to deal with in her home life uh, and realize that it's much bigger than that. So, uh, yeah, I tr- love that episode. Blind Bandit, tough. What, what more is there to say? It's great. It's, it's tough. The boulder is not conflicted on this ranking. Yeah. No, we're a Avatar, the Avatar and the Fire Lord, eight point seven out of ten, uh, which has a really great um, sense of how the war started. Um, They're just really cool to see another you know, Avatar's life, and um, and then it, it ended with one of the other most jaw-dropping moments: Zuko realizing that he is the great grandson of Avatar Roku. Love the. I don't always love the flashback episodes. I admit it, but um, I do love the the parallel journeys of Zuko and Aang. Here, it just speaks of bigger things to come for them as a, as a duo. Yeah. Number seven, Zuko alone, eight point eight. Uh, I feel like Jamie needs to be here to defend this one, <laughs> but as you mentioned, you get you get Zuko in in a pure Zuko development episode. Uh, what more could an Avatar fan want? Yeah, uh, gosh, really good episode. We learned more flashback on Zuko. The scene was a mother. Get to see how his father rose up. Get a little bit of insight to Iroh. A lot of information. A lot of information. Um, yeah, and Zuko's still alone by the end of the episode. Really great episode. So much can be said about Zuko alone. Uh a lot of information, but not at all exposition-y, done in a very sort of tense, dramatic, in a good way, way. Yeah. Number six, The Day of Black Sun. This is, you know, just so much uh, so much momentum going into this episode. But for me, the biggest thing about this episode isn't the action. It's Zuko confronting his father, kind of fully completing, completing his character arc. I love it. It's a tremendous episode. Yeah, it's uh, got some of our favorite moments. If you haven't watched our top ten series moments, you should go watch those. Uh, a couple. And of this one got a yeah. And this one got a nine point zero out of ten. So we're in the nines now. We, which again, we got six episodes that we're calling in the nines. I'd say that's that's very high praise. Number five, the guru. For all of those of you people who want to know like how things work or why things work, you want to question uh, the inner workings of the show, this episode is is for you. And then it's also really, really heartfelt, and you feel really bad for Aang and his predicament and the choice he has to make, and hashtag Empire Strikes Back clone. Yeah. Um, the moment that stands out for me in this episode is when Guru Patik says to Aang, like, um, that the Air Nomad's love for you didn't disappear, it just transformed into new love. And that that moment always hits me hard. It's a, it's a, it's a different tone than we're used to with a lot of these high-ranking episodes, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Number four, The Crossroads of Destiny at a 9.2 out of oh, 10. Oh, I can't spell. That's, my bad. 
Desting? <laughs> Desting. Desting. Um, the book two finale, it hit so hard. I think it's a great fight between Katara and Aang versus Zuko and Azula. You know, I mean, you're, you're kind of in that whole... It's funny because a lot of sitcoms do the whole, like, will they, won't they thing with couples and relationships. And I feel like they do that with Zuko. I do, like, will he, won't he be good? And, and oftentimes in those shows, like, they make couples together then they take them apart and you know, like, usually oh, yeah, it's one fault or the other like this time it's this person does this thing stupid yeah. and that time and that well this time yeah. zuko you done messed up okay yeah why you gotta break my heart like this i thought we were past it. you did the sweaty feverish metamorphosis thing and i thought yeah. we were done and it, it broke my heart but it's fine yeah. what i'm saying is that the heartbreak made for a tremendous episode even if it left me like you know in a panic Number three, closely related, Lake Lao Guy. So we finally, we defeat Long Fang. Uh, we, uh, feels like at the time that you've defeated the Dai Li, you really haven't. You free Appa, a lot of good closure there. Mm, you lose the blue yeah. spirit. You kind of get turning point Zuko, you think, at the time. They do a good mm-hmm. job of making you think that. Um, so maybe best way to describe it is like an episode where it feels like a lot of things just come together very satisfying way in a very satisfying way yeah uh my biggest flaw here is the action like this is probably one of my favorite fights in in the series because it's like five on it's like 10 on 10 or something like it's it's just such a huge array of different fighting abilities and powers and but all working so cohesively together just it's just directed so so well uh 9.4 i don't know if i said that before here but yeah. think about how we rate things and he calls generous or whatever you want but like 9.4 we're saying this this episode is about a half a step away from feeling like a very perfect episode Ooh, number two the siege of the north 9.7 out of 10 this episode where I feel like things got real, like they took everything up a notch, right? UA sacrificing herself, Aang turning into the ocean spirit, wiping people out left and right. So Zhao gets taken by the ocean spirit by the end there. Yes, suck it, Zhao. Yeah. Zuko having to deal with everything. Katara growing as a character. Um, yeah, just really amazing work done here it's a, it's a great book one finale i think it's i think this is the way book one chapter season one finale should be there should be there should, should have a feeling of completeness right but it should still kind of be like, oh yeah well there's still the future and i feel like oftentimes um like especially lately like season one of shows often end you in a place where it doesn't feel complete like uh, I recently watched a show called The Warrior Nun that doesn't feel complete. It just ended with more questions. Um, shows like, um, I think Umbrella Academy ended really incomplete on the that end of their first made me season. sad, yeah. I feel like more than not, oftentimes, especially lately, the, the first season, they're not trying to hook you in. They're not even trying to tell a complete story in the first season. They're just like, hey, just keep watching. Just trust us i guess while well, avatar was like hey you can trust us to, to deliver more great stories but also this story here has a really great story you get uh, you get the biggest action 
period. You get <laughs> like the best avatar state uh, possible. Uh, lots of individual gratification things for individual characters. Uh, great feels hits you right and feels really hard. Just you're like, well, why do I even have to care about Iwe? I met her like ten minutes ago. Well, guess what? She's the moon, so <laughs> you have to. Everything you could want out of a finale is right here in this finale. But if you can't, if this finale is not our favorite, it's because uh, number one, the finale, Sozin's comment. It's because that, that one's our favorite. This is a four-part episode. It gave it a 9.9. I think I had it. It was like a a 9.5 on on memorable. And it was literally just because it was like four episodes and it feels like it was being treated differently. And we kept saying, this is like a, this is a made for TV movie, uh, just of an extremely high caliber, not made for TV. Like it shouldn't have been in theaters. It just feels like a TV movie, um, in a, in the best possible way. There is a, there's no better finale for me, at least, uh, nothing even close everything comes together in the way that you want it to but maybe you didn't know exactly how you wanted it to before it happens uh, down to the detail like it does a good job of keeping you on your toes surprising you but also making you feel extremely satisfied uh four episodes of non-stop either sort of action or something directly related to extremely important action there's like no down spots there's Yeah, uh, it's, it's the finale. Honestly, it's, this is great. It, it's the greatest finale I think I've seen in any show. I, I don't care what the show is, <laughs> um, and, and especially this day and age, you know, we talk about like Game of Thrones. Like this is the way to do a finale. Like, gosh, man, I really do want to go rewatch Game of Thrones. But also, I'm just like mm, that finale just ain't hitting right. I don't really feel like wasting my time. Avatar does not have that that problem at all. It ends with so many satisfying factory conclusions but while still letting you kind of think about off the future like Suko's mom stuff like that like how will they rebuild everything but the main story is told it's done and came to a really epic satisfying conclusion uh, I don't I haven't watched I have a much smaller TV repertoire than you do for sure but uh, just yeah no questions saying that it is my favorite series finale and potentially a little bigger saying would be like potentially one of my favorite episodes of television uh that i would ever watch on any given day if i just had to pick one like yeah oh yeah i got i got to mention the azula suko agni kai so beautifully directed the music is amazing and, and to me, that's the emotional weight of, of the episode. Um, yeah, really good. Love it. Watch the whole series, if for nothing else, than to totally appreciate this finale. Um, not that you could love it without watching the whole series, of course, but you shouldn't. You should just go watch the whole thing. Go to Netflix right right now. <laughs> or buy the DVDs. They're like 10 bucks. It's amazing. And that's our number one. That's you know what? That's not just our number one. That is all fifty-three Avatar: The Last Airbender episodes ranked. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. Um, according to IMDb, which they ranked individual episodes, number one was Sozin's Comet Part Three. Um, number two was Sozin's Comet Part Four. Number, I'm sorry, number two was Sozin's Comet Part Four. Number three, Crossroads of Destiny. 
Fair. Number four, Dave Black's Son, part two. Number five, Zuko Alone. Interesting. Number six, The Storm. Number seven, huh. Dozen's Comet, part two, Old Masters. Number eight, The Dave Black Sun, part one. Number nine, The Guru. Number 10, The Chase. We had The Chase a lot lower than they did. Um, on their worst. Really? The Chase that high? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I hate it. I just, I'm, I don't know. Is it really that good? Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst, so. The Great Divide. So we, we agree there. Um, so we agree on the worst and the best. <laughs> Number 59, Bato of the Water Tribe. Okay. So they so get it. Awfully close. Uh, and then the third worst was Jet. Which I don't agree with that. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes me laugh. They did but, put they did put the King of Omashu as the Nets worst. It's fifty seven. They're getting uh, kind of the opposite of like the chase. Like, is that is it really that bad? Is it? Uh, whatever. What is that from IMDb or Metacritic? IMDb. Psh, those guys have only seen every movie ever. What do they know? <laughs> Stick to movies. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because IMDb didn't dedicate two years worth of multi-hour podcast episodes ranking exactly. this stuff out. So what do those guys know? Uh, <laughs> sheep. They're just sheep, Chris. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah. I don't have a um, an episode review for, for Rotten Tomatoes. I thought I would. Or I thought I could somehow. But... Oh well. While you're looking for that, I would like to say that I think the one my one takeaway from this is that by a combination of of learning and growing as a human, and and also uh, getting to experience this side by side with you, a it would be that I certainly appreciate Zuko's character more. <laughs> not, not as much as other people, but more. Uh, maybe the second greatest arc in the show. Uh, perhaps Ooh. the second greatest no uh but i appreciate his character much more and i you know i always appreciate it in the sense that understanding like he's such a pivotal turning point but have at a minimum gotten much better at not just accusing him of being an annoying angsty stupid teenager and starting to try harder to appreciate his actions and and his reasons for them his motives and him as a human so i would say uh looking back through this that became very obvious to me that the further we got in, the further I appreciated his work. That was my turnaround. Whereas your turnaround was apparently the beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I do think I, I love Azula a lot more after going through this whole um, experiment. Um, it's interesting because, man, like I go in with kind of different eyes. And I feel like every time I watch Avatar, this time even more so because... Because I haven't done a, a deep look at Avatar since kind of starting my YouTube channel and starting uh, to look at things a lot you know, with a more focused lens, right? Because in comparing character arcs and everything like that, um, have a, a greater appreciation for Sokka and his character arc. Um, have a greater appreciation for Katara. Um, and also you, you realize... And also have a great appreciation for for Korra. I know we'll get to that in our in our nets because you know stay tuned for that. We'll start reviewing Legend of Korra. But you know, I don't know. I just look at Korra compared to other characters. I'm like, man, the things that people have issues with with Korra, they don't seem to have kind of issues with the other characters from Avatar. But to me, it makes it better 
um, that you know all these people are, are, are human. I I haven't even watched Korra the second time, but I think watching through Avatar again and, and sort of seeing certain things that you'd want done differently and knowing that certain a certain percentage of those it it kind of does uh, like makes the right changes or attempts to make the right advances. Um, has me very excited and even more appreciative of Korra before I even start. But that's no slight to this because as uh, obviously no. as a three as a three book series, uh, it stands alone in probably both of our minds as as yeah. maybe our favorite shows of all time or among. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for us to review Korra and get done so we can definitively say which is the better show we can rank the all the seasons we, we can look at the we can look at the averages we'll have the, the, the yeah. numbers i have a question for you that we never really addressed um you know maybe it should be its own video but i want to ask it now uh we we discussed whether or not book two or book three was better is that another video you want to have at another point or do you have oh uh, i mean it's not that uh we can just squeeze like maybe half of that into the one because to me it shouldn't take that long to that to, to do that conversation there? Um, I, and I don't. Uh, I haven't looked at our, our rankings yet, but going I didn't in, look at the rankings. I just thought of it now as we were talking about like yeah. sort of changing opinions. Going in, uh, I have a feeling I went in with thinking that book two was better than book three, but uh, but only slightly. But in the feeling that, but they were still both much better than book one. And I think the rationale there, which is totally fair, is that if book three has some episodes that are so so much sort of throwaway inconsequential yeah but, uh yeah i'll be interested to talk about that at some point in the future with all due respect to book one you just don't have quite enough like dramatic tension going for you book one but it's okay that's what you're supposed to do so uh chris has been a lot of fun but i think i'm out of uh closing comments and it's like one in the morning but i'm glad we yeah, did no. this one now because it's like uh this is like my turning the page like it's time yes. to start thinking about cora time to start going to the next thing i'm very excited so thanks for staying up really late and doing this one with me but <laughs> i think i'm personally done for the evening unless you have other thoughts nope i'm done i'm on daddy duty now so. excellent my name's sean shaler that's chris ford aka the objective geek on youtube and twitter or the podcast is also on twitter and instagram it's last underscore po- last underscore podcasters or on facebook.com slash avatar the last podcasters come hang out with us Leave us your thoughts below on what episodes we messed up on, and I'll explain why I screwed up the uh, rankings. And in the meantime, thank you very much for hanging out with us through a very fun episode. We hope you'll come back next week.